Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. We hope you had a good day and are ready for another great stock market show. Tonight we are going to explore and debunk three stock market investing myths. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. As always, we will look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you are interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hey Jane. I managed to spit that one out without a... You did. You didn't get tongue-tied at all. <laughs> you didn't give me a hard time and introduce me as Mickey Mouse or something like that. So, that's pretty good. Yeah, well I'm I could impressed. say something about your ears but it probably wouldn't be nice, would it? My wife would be upset at you. <laughs> <laughs> she said, what's wrong with these ears? There's nothing oh, wrong with them. They're lovely. Yeah. yeah. So did you have a good day? I did. Did you? Yeah, I had a great day. Busy. Yeah, you've had a lot of phone calls and I know. I've been and... ringing around the world. I've been talking to guys in Texas and in Holland and mm-hmm. also. And um, this morning I was on the gym. So in, we really are global in, these days, aren't we? In Georgia. Oh, yeah. It's mm. getting busy, guys. It's yeah. really busy. There's, and we're getting contacted by a lot of com- places as well to, for our education. So it's just getting busier and busier and busier. I had a few really good phone calls today too. Mm. Some people inquiring about a direct equity managed account service. So. Okay. So people worried about the market at the moment or are they not? No, I don't think they're worried. I think there's a mixed, a mixed emotion out there at the moment actually. I think some people are quite optimistic about it and others um, who watch the show are just sort of, you know, sitting on the fence at the moment waiting for you mm. to say what you say in your Monday reports. If the starters come, bang, let's go. But uh, yeah, I know, I mean, I've had a few people comment and say to me, oh, you know, you guys are the, that sage voice of reason that calms me down if I get emotional about what's going on in the marketplace. So mm. it's, um, you know, that's, that's nice, we can calm. It. Mm. All it is, it's, you know, some people see the news and they go, oh my goodness, this is gonna happen. And when we start talking to them, they, they get to a little bit of a different space in their mind so they're not making emotional reactions That's but important. Uh, well it is important and i think it really mm. is important but if you've got a, a burning question for us uh, on the right of your screen right now is a chat box so remember to put your questions in there and say a big hi to um to us um, and give us a big thumbs up if you like our show also hit the subscribe button right now that's a big red button that they're going to put on your screen for you so hit that one it really does help us in doing so remember Put your comments in the chat. We'll answer all your questions as we get through the show. I wonder if more people subscribe when you, you say it or whether more people subscribe when I say it. How does that work? Well, you're better looking than I am, so it might be you because they <laughs> might listen to you. But, but you're the voice know. of reason. 
Okay, on the voice of reason. <laughs> Moving on, as it is the first Tuesday in the month, that means we take a look at the Australian market and where it's heading. So how about we bring up our charting software and get into discussing these now? This is the juicy bit. Yeah, the all ordinary is in it. It is the juicy bit. <laughs> yep. On the screen there, you can see a medium term or long term view of uh, the all ordinary index. Now that goes right back. The one on the left hand side, I'm just going to expand that up for you. This is our monthly chart. Now we started recording the indices in Australia back in the early 80s. So you can see the chart right back there. But we actually have data that goes back to mm. the early 1900s and even, I think, on the 18, right We've back to 1800s, 18s. haven't we? Yeah, 1800s. The, the, yeah. Before the early 80s or that mid 80s, the, in, the exchanges around Australia are in each state mm. and that's where the issue was. And so it was, wasn't until they merged all the exchanges in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth that we actually got the All Ordinaries Index. So Yeah, much better uh, idea. Yeah, the data before 1980s is a little bit sketchy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So looking at the chart again on your screen, you can see there that the market has lots of ups and downs. It's natural. And look, remember the, the crash in 87? Doesn't mm. it look dwarfed it now? It's very small compared to the GFC <laughs> one, doesn't it? Yeah. So then we've got, but the actual percentages are interesting to know. So the same. if we look at what happened in, in the 87 crash back here, you can see there you've got a 50% correction. And this is the thing that people don't realise about the market. It tends to do this over mm. time, doesn't it, Dale? Mm. It's rhythmic, it's actually cyclical. And I was talking to a chat today on the phone and was saying, oh, look, do you, do you know the Doppler effect, how you how you actually put a drop of water into a bowl and you'll see it spread out? Or even if you're down at the local lake, just throw a stone in and you can see the same thing. Is that the Doppler thing. effect, is it? Yeah, where the, where the water actually spreads out in big rings. And so when you're looking at the market and you're trying to understand how the market works, it's, it works in cycles and there are cycles within cycles. Mm that form and if you do our diploma course and then you decide to go on to the CFD course, you'll get a really good understanding of how all of that works. And I remember the first time I ever saw that explained mm. to me, it just blew my mind, like not just the price analysis and how that works, but the the cycles analysis is amazing. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people say to us, well, you know, if you keep predicting, you're going to get it right. And the, an the answer to that is absolutely, we're going to get it right <laughs> if we keep predicting. Um, but the point of the point really is, is how many times do we predict price and mm. time and get it right mm. as opposed to when we get it wrong? Because yep. you can keep predicting, but if you get it wrong nine times out of ten, you're only going to be right one time, one times out of ten. But we get it right most of the time mm. because of what you're talking about in yeah. terms of the market will do what it's always done. And, and people say to us, well, how do you know the market's not going to crash now? Well, we mm. know it's not going to crash now because of what's happened in the past and how it's working right now. I don't think our next major crash is till the mid this, mid this decade. I don't think our next major crash is then. And then I won't be 50%. I'm not even, I'm even pegging it at less than 30% probably at this mm. stage, but that may change as we get closer. But right now I think it's bullish. Yeah, because you're saying that the long-term picture, and this is what, mm. you know, if you go back and you have a look at what happened in 87, it took years for it to recover and eventually trade through that top. Mm. Well, it's taken our market a lot longer this time to get through the top, but I like the way that it's actually unfolded. It's when we had we had some big dips here along the way back in when the tsunami hit mm. um, in Japan there, the August 2010-11, and then it, then we've got the February 15-16 pullback and another one here, December 18. 18. Yeah. But, you know, so that's good. That's healthy for the market to do that, and then we get the further moves on. But it's about being ready for when the market does rise and mm. not allowing that fear factor to affect you because if you can overcome the way that your mind is thinking about the market, that's the biggest battle you'll face out there. Mm. Um, just staying 
really alert to what the market's actually doing on the chart rather than listening to all of the noise. So, well, yeah. But mm. we could, we could, everybody's talking about this coronavirus-y thing, you know. I mean, more people die every year from the flu than the coronavirus is doing. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, but because we've got a vaccine for the flu, nobody's worried about it. But we seem to have, the more vaccines we put out there on flu, the more colds we keep getting, the more mm. flus keep happening. Yes. So, but... Well, isn't it that with Thanksgiving in America, more people get the flus and the colds around that time because they've overeaten? Probably. It's just about mm. your immune system, really. If your immune system's low, you're going to get more flus and mm. more colds, that sort of stuff. But in terms of the market, you know, we've had things like SARS, we've had the Ebola yeah. viruses, we've had all sorts of different ones. Now, most people couldn't even tell me where that is on the chart, mm. let alone if it had an effect on it. And right mm. now, the market's doing what it's always going to do. Um, and it's it has it's supposed to be moving down for a few more weeks into mid February, like I talked about on our report. Yes, but I think it's bullish. It really is bullish, and I think you know. Well, when it's up, you can't say anything but bullish, can no, you? It's not. You know, people are saying that the market's going to turn turn into a bear. Well, look, mm. if the market goes down, let's just have a look at what it could do. So, if it does pull back from here, which would be very unusual after a big rise like that in a month. But if it does, you you'll know that it's going to be a turncoat if it takes out the December 19 mm. low. I mean, that's just a clear indication for you. But mm. at the moment, it's strong. And given the way that Dale's describing it, it's likely to continue to move up. And we've been expecting for a long time that the market would keep pushing through because it's only just broken to new highs, guys. So, you know, there's the all-time high there. Think back to what happened in 87. I showed you that on the chart before. What You know, it kept tracking up over time. Mm. But, of course, there are ups and downs. Now, you don't want to be sitting in the market like a, a duck, you know, bobbing around in the ocean or... A seagull maybe, um, bobbing around in the ocean and be exposed to these pullbacks. If you can avoid mm. it, you're better mm. off to be a, bit, a little bit more active, get out of it and then wait for the safer opportunity. That's mm. the, the way to do it. So stop looking at short-term emotions and look at the bigger picture like Well, someone asked me today about trading more medium to longer term and I said, mm. well, it's a lot less work. Mm. But what happens is there was so much stuff written about the really short-term trading that people were just trading on daily charts and getting, like having blinkers on well, that could be one of the we're going to talk about later today. I think that we should. Well, later mm. tonight, sorry, but let's move on. Okay, so we've talked about the All Lords now. Um, well, Dale, it's time for emails, of course, the next part of the segment. I love emails. <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you reading the first one? No. So how about we get into them now? Our first email is from Maria Jose, I think it is. I hope that's right. Um, G'day Dale and Janine. Firstly, thank you so much for your very informative videos. I'd like your expertise in regards to Blue Scope Steel, that's BSL, and I bought 100 units at 1172 in 2008, and then I don't remember the dates. Um, from there they were reconverted, this may be the correct terminology, incorrect terminology, and I ended up um, with 37 units instead of 100 units. In 2019, I bought 113 units at 13.28. So currently hold 150 units, average price 17.85. I've been following the graphs and will try to sell them at no, at not, uh, no too much loss and buy CBA or Macquarie with the money. So my question is, if something like that happens in future, is it better to sell the stock before the reconversion? Um, what are your thoughts, Dale? Well, so, I mean, reconversion is the wrong word. It's actually pretty much a stock split. That's all it is. Is often you'll see um, stocks when they get to a high price, they'll split. So you might generally get like two for one. So for example, like let's say CSL or Cochlear because they're quite high prices at over $100. 
they might do a two for one. So if it's a hundred dollars, they might, and you've got a hundred shares at a hundred dollars, then you'll have two hundred shares at fifty dollars. So they'll do that. Um, whether it's better to sell them beforehand, generally what they're trying to do is increase liquidity on them because as Australians we tend to love cheap stocks. That's you know, and my meaning cheap stocks is stocks under a dollar, um, and so therefore when they start to get up in those higher. Um, price brackets such as you know over 70 80 90 100 dollars we tend to slow down our buying on them and that's why a lot of stocks will actually split so it will happen again but i don't necessarily think it's a negative for you um, but the question really is is whether you should sell blue scope and go into something else that's really the question isn't it yeah and i think the the issue there is is mm. if you don't know whether you should sell or not then you really don't have enough knowledge at this point or you ha perhaps haven't even got rules mm. um, to manage it and to to say that, okay, you're asking it, because you could say, well, okay, I'm asking you to tell me, it means that you're literally going to be the person mm. who's being fed the fish for life rather than be the fisherman, and which one would you rather be, mm. to be able to be self-sufficient or to rely on the opinions of others? Now, look, if I was holding blue scoat still, it's fallen quite heavily, and we've got a chart up there for you um, this week, which can mm. often happen when you're coming into reporting season mm. or you're in, if a stock reports, the market can often um, react quite strongly to what's happened. Um, and we've seen Blue Scope still pull back there. Um, you know, big gap there on the weekly chart, two gaps there. And at the moment, of course, I wouldn't be buying the stock, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't turn around because news often happens in spits and starts and can be a lot of hot air. I actually like this stock medium long term. Long term, it looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. and I was I was actually only thinking about buying myself, buying it myself recently, like I'm talking about three or four weeks ago. Mm. But then, as we talked about last week, we pulled back from buying, thinking the market was peaking yeah. and about to come into a low. So that was one thing on my mind. But this is a classic example mm. of what we're talking about last week: is what it, what is your trading costing you? Yeah, uh, this person's bought and hold and haven't done that well, mm. you know, over more than 10 years, over 12 years. Yeah, so, because 2008, mm. okay, we're talking about um, mm. with a split, the share price changes. So if, if she bought in 2008, was it? Mm. Um, that's going to be somewhere around here. So mm. what you're saying is it's basically done nothing. In, mm. in fact, it fell significantly, so she would have been in quite negative yeah. territory. So it's done well in, in different other periods of time there. So yeah. having more So it's a good strategy. trading stock. I mm. mean, some of our students absolutely love this stock to trade. Yeah, we make a lot of money. Mm. So my advice, get my book. It'll stop you doing these sorts of things and get you into better stocks and teach you how to enter and exit a little bit better. But let's get on to the next question. Um, the next email is from, I think it's, I think you say it, Naro, um, who says, hi guys, thanks for all your assistance thus far to the general public. That's our pleasure, matey. Um, and he says, I recently inquired about the diploma course. I only inquired, you should have in enrolled. Um, <laughs> you set yourself up there. <laughs> and looking to get into it this year. Well, it's only the start of this, so next week will be fine. Um, <laughs> could you please uh, let me know your long-term views on NearMap? Um, I purchased it $2.60, only recently and currently has slumped 35 cents due to S star star star, or I think it's SHIT reporting. Um, I don't agree with loading up or averaging by putting more dollars at risk. I 100% agree with you there. But on the flip side, what are your views on this? So let's have a look at near map here. Um, this is a stock I actually looked at a few years back when I was at the MicroCAP conference and I really I liked what they were actually doing. So And they did really well after that. What, what did you say about them? <laughs> I just said it was really good. It's actually one of the ones I wrote up for the ASX 
stocks back okay. back a few years ago, and I said, look, watch this stock. It's going to do mm. really well. Um, and it does, and it really has. And 35% drop on any stock tells me you don't have a stop loss. It's it's quite simple that. I don't lose 35% on, on a stock, and neither does Janine, because um, we use stop losses. But you need to make sure that if you're entering into any stock, you have a, an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we teach is 15% below your buy price. Um, yeah, it's had an SHIT report. That just means it's falling away right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Safe. It's tough if you've held it, mm. right? For someone who doesn't know mm. what we know, uh, you know, it's awful to have seen mm. the stock rise and then to have w- watched it fall like that. It's a 58% fall or something. So I, I really feel for you because when I started in the stock market, um, mm. My mum actually got me started, and, and I watched that happen to some of her stocks because we didn't know anything then. And uh, I would expect it to bounce, happens. though. Yeah. I would expect it to bounce a little bit here, but then don't get too excited about it because it, that just bouncing for a week or two or a month doesn't mean it's going to go up again. So, and I'm not telling you to sell it. I'm just saying you need to make sure you've protected downside risk on it. Mm. Right now, it looks sick. It doesn't look like it's going up, but I'm prepared to change my view once we get a little bit more data. But so what you're saying is basically there, there could have been whoever was going to sell may have sold it. May have already point. sold it and so oh, it's, and that's oversold a little bit and maybe mm. it'll just bounce up a little bit. Now um, why do you say that? Because sometimes you actually say, well look, you shouldn't be holding mm. a stock like that if it's falling. So, you know, how do you differentiate? I, I said I wouldn't hold it. No, but I'm saying, you know, but at the mm. moment you're saying not sell it. So no, I'm not saying not sell it. Yeah. I didn't say that. I said mm. I would have known and I would have exited a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, you would have exited up the So top. all yeah. I'm saying is it may bounce up for mm. a week or a month, um, but that doesn't mean it's going to go up. Because it, it could just keep falling, is what Because it could saying. just falling. Because what's happening is, is yep. possibly the big end of town selling it off, and when it drops too low, they stop selling it, mm. let it drift up, because all these bottom pickers and people wanting to catch falling knives that we talk about start buying it. It takes the price up a bit, then the big end of town starts selling again because they're yep. getting a higher price. So that's may what happen, but I'm prepared to change my... Um, ideas on it. We're not going to give you any technical um, projections and that sort of stuff on this. That's not what we do on the show. We keep it pretty light, matey. But um, right now, I think I think you know what we think of the stock. It can always fall further. Basically, <laughs> it can what always you're fall further. Yeah. Um, now I think it's time that we got into the chat and handle some of the questions there. Oh, so we, we do. We've got one, one from there. Bob um, who's asking about Qantas. I'll go back to Bob. Okay. Bob uh, is saying, hello, looking forward to the show tonight. Thank you. I love it. I've been watching Qantas since $7. Now it, it has dropped to around six fifty, and the charts the chart looks ambiguous. Mm. The chart is telling me it can fall to five fifty. Okay. Um, so looking at it right now, there's a reversal that's occurred this week, and that's try- it's trying to fill that gap there on the weekly chart. But when, it, when a stock breaks to a new high, which is what they mm. do, and on the left-hand side you can see in November 2019 how Qantas broke up, often they'll come back and find support after they've done that. So that's really what Qantas is doing right now. But at the moment, that angle of that longer-term like trend it. is in place. It's, it hasn't been broken yet. It doesn't mm. mean that it's going to keep you know, going up yet, but it's not telling us if you're in this long-term mm. Um, you know, there's no reason at the moment to be getting out of it if you're trading it on the monthly chart. But if you're looking on the weekly chart, that's a different story because you may have um, had an exit there depending on what your rules were. So um, it's it's horses for courses. You have to look at a stock and mm. say, well, how was I planning to manage my risk on that stock and then judge mm. it, um, the answer based on that. So Well, it, doesn't, it looks like he's trying to buy it because he'd be watching it from $7 down. Yeah, well, that's catching the falling knife then, isn't it? Yeah, right it's now. Not, it's not mm. telling us it stopped falling and whether it falls yeah. to 550 or $3, it's irrelevant. It's when yeah. it actually starts to find support and some move up. But 
Right now, I'd be staying out of it if I'm not in it. And if I uh, am in it, I would have a stop loss on it anyway. Mm. So that's what I'd be looking at. Next, next question we got is from Jacob. Now, Jacob's given us a really nice question. He said, hi, Dale and Janine. I once listened to a day trader. That's the first mistake. Um, sorry, should I keep going? Okay. I once listened to a day trader uh, that said there is no use paper trading before you give no. real trading a go. Is Gosh. this a myth? Yeah, that's just like giving someone a loaded gun, isn't it? It is. It's like picking up a six-shooter, opening up, putting the bullets in, mm. telling them to put it to your head and keep clicking until you blow your head off. Yeah. So but that's not smart advice at all in our book. I would call it D-U-M-B advice. Paper trading is one of the best things you can do. When you, when you actually learn, well, I actually did paper trading mm. as in really paper, on, on paper, rather, but these days you can do it on the computer. So you can actually simulate the whole process and work out the personality of the stock. Imagine if you could work that out about your partner before you married them, what they were going to be like in future. Boy, wouldn't that be amazing? Nobody, nobody'd probably get married. But, <laughs> but it is. It's like, it's like to me, it's these sorts of people say to you, "Well, why paper trade? You can't test your psychology until you're in the market." But all you do is when you go into the market when you don't know you can make money mm. is kill your psychology and it absolutely yeah. destroys it. And the people that say it are the ones that are really lazy that don't want to do the work and put in the effort to become the best traders. Uh, and that's who they are. They're just they're sort of, I won't say get rich quick kind, but they're in a hurry to get rich so they don't want to do all the hard yards that you need to do to become a successful trader. And again, it's like, mm. it's like jumping. If I gave you the keys to the car and said jump in the car and drive it, but you didn't know whether that car had brakes or anything, any safety equipment, what would you do? Mm. And that's the thing is, and so you need to get in the car and test it, test yourself to make sure you understand how to drive that vehicle properly so that you're safely in getting where you Look, want. Look, I can give you an example, mm. and that is, you know, some people when they first start trading, they might get into a stock mm. And then they'll send an email saying, oh, look, um, the stock's done this. What do I do? I oh, wasn't yeah. ex they weren't expecting it. See, and that's the whole thing. You, you won't be taken by surprise if you've actually done the, the, the back testing or the paper trading first mm. uh, because you will be thinking about, well, what would I do in that situation? Mm. Um, you know, where will I set my stop loss? What's the best result going to be for the stock that I'm trading? Yeah. And how did I, what did I think of it? And, and it's actually fun to, to do this because with the software mm. that we've got these days, it wasn't like, you know, when we started, you had, we were doing it on paper. Doing but paper. these days you've got the software so you can actually simulate the run using the history of the price chart mm. and, and just say, oh, look at, you know, there's how my rules would have worked. Wow, isn't that yeah. an awesome strategy? If you test yourself on the market, mm. then you're asking to lose a lot of money and your education will be very costly. Basically, you'll be a guinea pig to yeah. the big people out there. So let's get into the next question. We've got one. I think I can say this right, Gekuta. Um, and they're asking about a stock called BIT. Now, um, we'd okay. like our thoughts on it. Um, have read your book and enjoyed the weekly show. Um, see what the year brings. Um, so he's asking about BIT. Yes. Now, BIT, that's a really illiquid-looking stock, isn't it? I mean, yeah. just look at the volatility of it on the monthly chart. I'm just going to show you what the gains were in this one month where the, the stock rose up. Does that blow like your it. mind? Yeah, that blows my mind. <laughs> that would be the first reason why I wouldn't get into it. Yeah, so what people who are inexperienced think is, wow, I could make 900%. Mm. Bang. Um, but often when the little people are getting in, it's actually all the way up here. Mm. 
because they've got no idea what they're looking at. They're just hearing a, new, a news report or something and they're, they're getting in. They stay in thinking, okay, I've made... Can you just imagine what, the conversation in, in someone's head? I've just made 60% and I've just started out and bought this stock. And they think they're geniuses. Yeah, and there it goes. And your ego is just going at 100 miles an hour. You've got 83%. How would you feel? Think about that. Yeah. And the next thing, it starts to trade down. So what happens next to your psychology? What are you thinking? Oh, it's just come back. That's all right. I've still got a reasonable percentage there. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. And all of a sudden, bang, you've just wiped out um, all of the gains that you've just made. And then the stock keeps falling. And they're still holding on to it right now. And they're still holding because they don't have sell rules or know how to manage their risk. And they've bought something that's mm. the Lamborghini. If you, I wouldn't even call it the Lamborghini. I'd call it just a, an experimental car. Really, yeah, it's a I'm Donald sorry, Duck car. I mean, this is a, could be a really good company, and we're just talking about it. Like well, I don't know about their product and what they actually do, but I'm just looking at the chart. I just wouldn't trade this but it's, stock. It's not a stock we would trade, no. no That's basically what Dale's saying. However, what I am saying, seeing here now is it could be flattening, flattening out along the bottom. See how these lows are actually mm. getting lower? So the stock could be about to turn around, but just it's a high-risk scenario, expand isn't up, it? Expand up the weekly chart a bit and just look mm. at the range of one weekly bar, of the price range of one weekly bar. That's really interesting. If we take one of the big 40% ones... 40% on one weekly right. bar. So if it's going to rise that far in a week, it's going to fall that far in a week. Yeah, how are you going to get out of it? How then? are you going to get out of it? And that's mm. really the important thing. So let's move on to the next question. Just We've got an email. spinning the wheel. That's, that's gambling. That's one of the myths, isn't it? It has. We've got an email, so focus. All right, email. You're focus. in control anyway, not me. I'm just sitting I'm just there. having fun. Here. Uh, now we have another email, and this one's from Nelson, who asks, Hi, Dale and Janine. I've been watching the show for a year now. Oh, wow. wow. Have you been brainwashed longer than we've been doing it. <laughs> it is too, actually. Um, no, I think that was when you first started. My first show was, our first show was the first you week were in March. You rusty then, weren't you? I watched it the other day. It was terrible. <laughs> Uh, it was so embarrassment. Yes, I'm learning lots of new skills each week. So thank you for your continued efforts. And I'm wanting to add some new stocks to my portfolio. And at present, I really like the look of FPH. Wondering if I am worried I may have left my run too late as it has been soaring for some months now. Although I think as a mid to long term hold, it may still be a solid choice. Those short-term trades can often turn into the longer-term holds. They do. Um, I work in healthcare. This company is a monopoly. Okay, that's always good. I also like the look of baby bunting for a mid- to long-term view. What do you guys think of those two? Um, and you've got a good portfolio there, by the way. I'm just looking at the stocks that you're holding. You've got some mm. really strong ones mm. in big big blue chips like CSL, West Farmers, and, and BHP. BHP. Yeah. Um, thanks for the great show, guys, Nelson. Okay. Well, let's have a bit of a, a look there. Um, what have we got? I've just got to find it. I'm sorry. Baby bunting. So what I've done is I've put up FPH just quickly, and I'm, I'm doing something really naughty here because normally we don't do two if somebody puts one in. We only put one. But Dale, I'm controlling it tonight, so here we go. Um, I'll wait for him to tell me off. So FPH there, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare Corp. Um, looking at that, it looks beautiful, actually. I think it's really nice. Um, strong trend. If I wasn't holding it, I wouldn't be purchasing it now. It's um, it's probably gone if you're not in it already. Um, but I'd be riding that um, all the way up if you can. And as, there's a nice trough there too, which is not too far from the current price section. So it's important to have a good stop loss um, underneath it, which could be a, a specific rule or, or something else that you can use like a trough. And then we've got um, Baby Bunting Group. Okay, so Baby Bunting is another one that you mentioned. Uh, look, baby bunting I don't like as much as the other one at the moment. If, if you weren't in this stock, then I wouldn't be buying it right now. 
But in saying that, it has traded above the previous all-time high, which, as we mentioned, with the market, when stocks trade to a new all-time high, it can often be a good sign that their longer-term um, picture is up. But for this one, I wouldn't like it until it heads up through this high here. And, and if it starts to head back down and, and, and takes out the low, then obviously it could keep falling for a while. So you've got to always look at the upside and the downside whenever you're looking at it and, and do the do the course so that you can actually learn yourself which uh, way to go. Is it going to go up or is it going to go down? And when am I going to be buying and when would I be selling? That's really important. So that's the, the, the stocks that we've covered on that question, Dale. Have you got... Um, something else for us here? We've got um, yeah, we've got another question before we, I think, get into our topic from that point of view. But this question is from Caroline, who asked, I was, when I was at the tennis, I went to the tennis um, the other week into mm -hmm. a big corporate box and we watched Caroline Wozniacki okay. play her last game and they were swinging, singing that um, Neil Diamond song, Sweet Caroline. Really cool. Please don't. Dale can actually sing, but please don't uh, ask my, for any requests. My, no, don't do that, please. But Caroline asks, uh, hi, Dale and Janine. Interested to know what your thoughts on a Treasury Wines Estates. It's come up mm. as an undervalued stock in my research. I know it's fallen very, very heavily. It had a bad um, report, actually. Yes. Um, but it had a good. It has a good two-year EPS of around 17%. Their stock price has been rather volatile in recent months. And last week it dropped around 26% off the back of some negative interim results. Um, now that I've completed the mentor course, fantastic. And then part of the way through the diploma course, I've plucked up the courage to start selling off my ETFs so I can invest directly into the stocks in the top 50. Fantastic. That's really, really Congratulations. good. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, TWE came up as a stock to add to my watch list. So I thought I'd appreciate your thoughts on it. Thanks, Caroline. Well, well done, Caroline. It's really nice to know that you're getting that courage to start dipping your water in the toe and directly investing. And, dipping uh, your water in the toe? Dipping your water in the toe. Okay. Is That's that a what new I, one. Did I say that? Okay. <laughs> fantastic. You got me flustered. Let's just look at look, TWE. At least you're spot on when it comes to the stocks. That's I all am. that matters. Let's okay. look at TWE. Come on. Okay. Let's move. Right. Here we go. No, I haven't got it there. Why not? Come on. I've given you Sorry. plenty. He did. Look, I'm, I'm really letting you down here. Sorry about that, Carol. I think, guys, this okay, is not good enough. Okay, here we go. Whoops. It's on the screen there for you now. It is. All right. Monthly chart. You can see the big hit that this stock has taken. Now, we were watching this for a while, but we were really hesitant about um, picking this stock up more recently and, and for good reason. Just look at the way that the stock traded up so strongly and then it would just wipe out the gains, trading up, wiping out the gains. That was just telling us, it was a signpost telling us that something wasn't right here because if the market really favoured the stock and the big money was behind it, it would have just kept going, but it didn't each time it came back so strongly. So, you know, if you've got a, um, if you're doing the course and you're sitting out there, you can have a look at the percentages each time that the stock rose and then fell. So right now, I wouldn't be interested in Treasury One Estate and not for a long time. So what happens when we're managing client funds and we're looking at stocks, we could, we would shift this out of our current watch list into a, um, a more uh, longer term uh, watch list. And if it does turn around eventually, then we might bring it back out again because stocks that turn down can often be good down the track. But right now, it's not on the list. So... Okay, Dale, I think that it's time that we got back into the chat and handle some of the questions then, shall we? Okay, so we've got a couple more. Next one is Felipe, okay. who's asking about CCL. So let me just go and have a look at Felipe. He said, hi, Dale and Janine, love the show. What are your thoughts on CCL? Okay, look, um, Coke has been a bit of a dog stop for a long time at times because of all these ups and downs, and it can be very unpredictable. 
And, you know, that's the experience that, that I've had with Coke. But more recently, it's actually looking really nice. So it's actually strengthened and is in a nice uptrend. And I think that a lot of this is, can be attributed to the new CEO. It's, she's, she's running the company, has a new direction, and I think that it's done really well for, for Coke. But it was a bit sketchy around there for a while. So um, good on her and her team for turning that, that stock around. So that's, that's Coca-Cola. I like it at the moment, but if you weren't in it already, then I wouldn't be looking at buying it because it's getting up into the regions of where it might meet resistance, somewhere around that $12.50, $13 mark. I see is um, at least short-term resistance for the stock. Um, we'll, do we have another one then that we can talk about? Um, yeah, we can go to um, CKF or Patriot One. Okay. He's asking about, if I have a look at here. CKF, uh, that's Collins, is it? He, Foods? he calls me Gail. I think it's a typo. Gail. Uh, Gail and Janine. So can I call I, you that from now on as a I'll, nickname? No, no. <laughs> definitely not. Hi. All right. <laughs> Collins Foods, yeah. This looks Hang interesting. On, let me finish the question. Jeez, jeez. I don't know. The producer's going to kick your butt, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the show. The coronavirus aside, I'm just about ditching my CKF shares after losing over 15%. Do you think there is a point waiting longer? Now you can answer. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? Do you wait longer? It depends on what your rules are. That's the big one. So first mm. of all, if your rules were that you were going to sell on and once it had gone through a trend line or some other rule that you've learnt, then of course you would be selling it. Now, right now it may turn around in the short term, but it's got to get back above these two points here as minimum for it to start moving higher again. And you know that's going to sh that big move look going up. It's wiped out the, all the gains recently. It's it's really slowed its momentum down. You'll notice how here as it was rising, it had really nice momentum. It'd pull back and then off it'd go again. But this one's actually quite a big move. So. You know, I'd be waiting for some really solid rules before I'd be wanting to purchase Collins at, at the moment. Yeah, but it's been falling for quite some time. It's been falling for three or four months. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know, really the exit should have already happened, shouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you so, would have been out of it if you were if you were holding mm. it up that, that rise, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a nice stock. It is a nice-looking stock. Mm. So it just depends on the, the intent, doesn't it, really? It does. So, you know, which we we don't know what your intentions are, whether it's short-term, medium-term, long-term. And, and we can't give you personal financial advice, so it's just a comment on what we would do if, you know, we were looking at the stock. We wouldn't mm. be buying right now and we, we would have already sold it by now. Yeah, we as you know, we have stop loss on everything mm. that we do. So, again, that just protects capital um, and it also protects profits too if you have a trailing type stop loss. So, anyway, but I think... Now's the time we finish with the questions. We now go into the to our topic to? for the night. I was hoping we'd get another one, but well, right. we're already over time because you can't, you're not focusing at the moment. What are you doing? Did you have a bad dinner <laughs> or something? <laughs> yeah, I didn't eat, eat what you cooked. Now is the time to get into our subject for tonight's show, and that is tonight we're going to get into debunking. Now, there's three top stock market investing myths that we want to debunk tonight. Now, the first one is investing in the stock market is gambling and only for the rich or experienced. Hmm. Yeah, I thought debunking was when my brother kicked me out of the top bed. <laughs> okay, so in this case, though, mm. I mean, gambling is what people view the market as. And we see it all the time, don't mm. you? It's like, I don't know how many times I'm on, whether it's on a Facebook page, people answer a post on that or YouTube or whatever else, people constantly say to us, Oh, the, the, the stock market's high, highly risky. It's mm. scary. It's gambling. Mm -hmm. Or you get, how many times do you get a student that says to you, 
Oh, I was telling my friends what I'm doing and they told me I'm an idiot, mm. or I'm uh, like, you're oh, yeah. serious, that you're gambling with your money. And mm-hmm. it's the majority of people are thinking the stock market Look, is Look, sometimes gambling. it's husband and wives. Mm. Um, you know, the husband or the wife is interested mm. in the share market, but the, the partner or the other person is against it because of the experience they've had. Mm. Family have lost money in the share market. They've seen lots of things happen in the, in the media. So, and that's, that's their limited view on the stock market. And every time I talk to somebody who says to me the stock market's gambling, I always say to them, have you invested in the stock market? And 100% of the time they go, no. Well, not 100. Yeah, 100. 100, 100 really. Because, I mean, I can remember meeting people who actually put money into the market and basically, oh, I'm just going to have a go. You know, it's just a bit of a lottery going into the, the market. Well, if you go in so with that, that idea, then it is gambling, yeah, isn't it, really? that's right. But doing any investing with mm. you don't know what you're doing is also gambling. Mm. Like, most people get in the property market and take the gamble with that, but they don't. Look, we a don't... lot of people got caught out in, mm. in WA. They had a mm. huge concentration of their investments in one and place. And in Queensland? Yeah, Queensland is a classic case. It's, I used to see people cyclical. in the 90s. I saw so many people yeah. that were down fifty, hundred thousand dollars on their properties, got mm. scanned, got their... Like Bought even right now, there's not a lot of property movement, mm. price movement in Queensland too. Oh, it has been improving mm. in, in certain areas. It has been going. Well, we've well. seen that a lot, and a lot of people think you know you have to have a lot of money to make money out of the share market, and that's the, sort of mm. the only part of this one that's not just gambling. That, but you really need to be rich and have a lot of money to make the money on the that's stock just market. That's not true. Because the big end of town control everything, and it's just simply not true. Mm. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Everybody can be successful about the stock market uh, and investing good shares. It's just about the quality of the assets you're buying. And like we talk about in the book, you know, if you mm. hold the, buy and hold the top 10 stocks, you can't get it wrong. You really yeah. can't get it wrong. Um, I'd probably almost go to say it's statistically impossible for you to lose money over a 10-year period. It's only when you start getting into stocks like those one we saw before that you're gambling on making some money. And the reason why a lot of people say it's it's gambling is because the stock market's measured every second of every day, whereas the cash market's not. You, you see the interest rate and mm. you know the bond rate, you see that. And property's not valued every second of the day. If, if, you, if your house or your investment property was valued every second of the day, you probably wouldn't have that. But like you said initially, it's always people who say it's gambling who have the least amount of knowledge on the yeah, market. Yeah, it's the ignorant telling you what to do. Mm. And that's really where is if you want to learn how to make money, and, and this is one of my mentors said to me when I was very young, he said, Dad, if you want to make a million mm. dollars, find a millionaire and just stick to what they yeah. do mm. because they've done it and they'll tell you how to do it. And that's really what we talk about here is mm-hmm. don't listen to the uneducated and the ignorant because that's your yeah, going to keep getting Yeah, if they out. say to you it's gambling, the first thing you should ask is, well, how long have you traded for? Yeah, and how do you know mm. from that point of view? Next question, the next point we have is this is one I, I – every time I hear it, I cringe. I really cringe and it just – it tears me up inside. People say to me, if I haven't sold, I haven't lost money because the stock I own, it'll always go back up to what I paid for it, you know. Or the other part of it is um, I've lost too much money now to get out of it. Mm. And I, what a load of BS. Um, it, if you haven't sold, if you went to your accountant now and got your balance sheet done up, you're in the loss if you're holding stocks that are falling in value. And, um, and just because you haven't realised the loss doesn't mean you haven't made a loss because you always need to look at your portfolio in terms of if I had to liquidate everything today into cash, what would I have? And that's the way you need to look at it because stocks don't always go back up to what you paid for them. And then we've seen 
tons of examples on this show over the, the nearly year that we've been doing of stocks that are going nowhere for years on end or five and 10 and 15 years and going nowhere. A lot of these things, these comments, mm. like the one about mm. you know being rich um, or experienced, you need that mm. to make money in the market. Things like that, you know, the stocks will always, you haven't actually lost money, the stock will always go back up. All of this comes from the industry. It does. Which is really sad because it's people who, you know, in the past that we've seen, and the GFC was a classic example of that, mm. where so many people f trusted and thought that these people knew what they were doing and how to, to look after their money. Mm. But they, they, they were riding the wave, they knew how to make the money, but they, they didn't know how to protect it if something went wrong. And, and people just didn't understand their investments. So because we're brainwashed. Stuck. And mm. that's the thing, I had a question today on the YouTube channel. Somebody said to me, I've been watching these videos, but you don't ever tell anybody to get an expert stockbroker or financial advisor's advice. Mm. And, and my answer was, we teach people, our job is to teach you to do it yourself so you have better returns because the industry tries to keep you dumb and ignorant pretty much, mm -hmm. um, without being rude to anybody, but they, they want you to use them because that's the only way they make money. So they keep putting out yeah. these myths to say, it's too hard for you, it's too much work, too much effort, you're gonna get it wrong, you can't time the market, you can't do all this sort of stuff, so just give the money to us uh, and we'll help you out because you're gambling with your money. But anybody watching this show can and could do, or sorry, can or will, I'm gonna say will do better than any managed fund if they spend a bit of time learning how to do it. And there's no doubt in my mind, everybody can be a good investor and trader just with a few simple rules. Now, the last one we've got, did you want to talk about that one? I just wanted to say one oh, more thing, that the, hmm. there are a lot of accountants now telling their um, clients hmm. to actually go and read your book, which is interesting, that's I've nice. been hearing recently. That so nice? that's a big plus, isn't it? Should I send them roses and bottles of champagne? No, okay. you don't need to. But accountants are nice, I like accountants. Hmm. I'm not sure about solicitors. Okay. Accountants, I like. <laughs> cheap stock make more. <laughs> cheap stocks make more money. Um, that's a big one, isn't it? I mm. mean, I can remember when I first started in the market, mm. and I went to a few broker seminars, and they were advertising stocks that were penny penny stocks. Now I know what they are, mm. um, but at the time, and I think back, and I've actually still got some of the sheets that came from them. Yep. Um, and I look at the stocks that they were recommending. Now they would have the big stocks in the list in there, some of the big stocks, but then they'd have these you know, the cheap stocks or penny stocks. So, but people would be made to feel like, well, I can afford to buy those stocks. Yep. You know, they're, they're little stocks. You can put a few dollars in and just see what happens and there's nothing lost, no, nothing ventured, nothing gained sort mm. of thing. But that, that is absolute rubbish because you end up doing your dough on those cheap stocks. You do. Mm. And it's a false reality that a 10 cent stock will make you more money than a $100 stock. It yeah. really is a false reality. And we see, we don't see it so much now on this show. No, but I know you and me used to see mm. it every single time we're on Sky Channel for five, six years, people asking us, and they just keep bringing up the worst stocks on the market. Well, who's promoting those stocks? Like, how would you guys even hear about these cheap stocks? On chat forums. Well, it's not, nowadays it's chat forums, but to me it's the industry again promoting those stocks mm. because that's what they've got to do to try to get the, the uptake in those companies, especially yeah. when they're when they're launching them into the market when they yeah, first start. Yeah, doing capital raisings, those sorts of things, you know, mm. and it's like, you know, I was talking about, look, I, today I was talking with Jim about, Jim Beach in the US about Uber. Uber's never made money. Yeah. And they're, they're doing their report this month. Mm -hmm. But because it's got this nice story, Uber, Uber, everybody's mm. excited about it, you know, but it doesn't make it a good stock. Yes. You know, and to me, it's about having good stocks and the, 
the, the fallacy that a cheap stock will make you more money is, is incorrect because if I gave you a probability out of 100%, a big blue chip stock, you're going to be able to get that 70% right. If you look, go to a cheap stock, you're probably going to get it right maybe less than 1% or 2% of the time. So you work out the figures yourself. You're going to get the cheap stocks wrong more than you're going to get it right, mm. but the good stocks right more than you get it wrong. And by getting right more than you get wrong, you make far more money, have less trades, have less stress, and you make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really what this is about, is so many people think buying a $0.10 cent stock or a $0.20 cent stock or a stock under a dollar I get more shares for my buck. If I've got $1,000, I get $1,001 shares rather than you know, 10 $100 mm. shares. But the 10 $100 shares will be my pick every single time Okay. because it's a better stock yeah. um, and you've got a better chance of making far more money. So that's my take Is on Is that all you want to talk about with cheap stocks? I don't know. Did you want to talk more? Yeah, I'm happy with what we've covered. Okay, point. well, that's fine. Now I'm happy. Maybe people have got some comments they'd like to type into the chat about that. But they're just three myths, aren't they? Like, mm. there's a whole lot of them that are around there, but they're sort of the You've three major ones. You've written some in your book too, haven't you? I've written a whole lot in my book, like dollar cost averaging and, you know, mm. don't do that and a whole range of different, don't buy and hold either. But um, but they're the major ones that we hear and they're the mm. major ones that make people broke. Yeah. Um, and by either not getting into the market or mm. doing... I won't say dumb things in the market, but unwise things into the market. So what you're saying is think the opposite of those three points and mm. you're actually going to go far, is that what you say? Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, when I was talking to um, uh, one of our marketing companies that we've just recently started chatting to and they uh, started asking, talking about certain things in the industry and I said, no. Nah. I said, when something comes out and you're going to ask me a question, just know my answer is going to be the opposite because mm. it is nine times out of ten. Mm. Um, simply because the industry really does want to keep you ignorant so they can make more money by you using their services. Now, I think it's time that we get get into the chat chat. and see what other questions that we have. So can we please um, have a couple of stocks there? I've got, here's all the stocks. So we're going to start with Cherie on APT and I'm going to go back and I'll read her question. Okay. So let's go back to Cherie. Um, You're very organised tonight, aren't you? I know. Cherie's saying, could I have your opinion on APT? It's bullish again, that new uptrend, question mark. Uh, where to from here, given the Doppler effect? She's been listening oh. to you. I didn't know it was called the Doppler effect. Sorry. I talk about that analogy all the time, but I didn't know what to call it. Mm, okay. So there you go. I've learned something, guys. You have. I've taught him something that's fantastic. You taught, all right. teach me a lot. Afterpay, Afterpay Limited. Now, you can see this here, really strong on the monthly chart, still looking great. I would say, you know, if you're holding on to Afterpay, I wouldn't see any reason to sell mm. it right now. If I was holding it, I'd still be in it looking for an opportunity down the track, but not right now. It hasn't given any indication. If it started to reverse once, it, it's, it's headed, heading through $40, which is mm-hmm. really important. When's the last time? Okay, so look, it could get to somewhere in the 40s, and then I think it might slow down a little bit somewhere in the mid-40s. Yeah, I don't think it's going to keep up the pace that it has been yeah. keeping up. Yep, I mid-40s, really maybe 45, 46. But look, I'd just be watching there mm-hmm. to see if it does get to that point. But, you know, you've seen it, what, six, seven weeks up straight. Mm-hmm. And does, how often does that happen before you get a slowdown? So, you know. My question to you, mm-hmm. is there better buyers on the market? Yeah, well, yeah, I think there are. So do I. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Um, next question is from Andrew. He's the asking... The next question will be, what are they? What? No, oh, I'm not asking those? you to tell me. No, no, that's the <laughs> okay. go. Um, Andrew's asking about bubs, so I'll just read Andrew's question. It's, oh, um, okay. He's asking, could you please check them out as I'm not sure what to think. Okay. They increased this quarter of 21%, but yep. dropped by a substantial amount in share price. Um, should I still be confident they will grow? Yeah, look, news is a really terrible thing. You can never 
you can look at a chart and read a report and think, oh my goodness, the share price is falling, but you know it's got good prospects. Um, you know, like Treasury One Estates got had a good earnings forecast. Well, hang on, is it is it just that it's going to take a while for them to update their data on the site or what? Well, here's the thing, all right. If you go and look at the big tech stocks in the U.S., right, on the mm -hmm. S&P, your Apple's, your Microsoft, that they all took off from October last year. They yeah. pushed the S&P right through, mm -hmm. right through to January, right, mm -hmm. and yet all of them are reporting good reports now. So. Tell me how they started rising mm. in front of the good reports, mm. whereas the prior, prior quarter reports. Mm. Well, to me, it's like because the big end of town are in there, mm. aren't they? And they know yeah. what these companies are going to do. So, and, and obviously, Bubs would have analysts on that from the big end of town. Now, obviously. So, what you're saying is, don't wait for the reporting to come out. Actually, look at the charts, and mm. often the prices will be rising, as you say, if there is good news in mm. the months. In a, you know, prior to that happening, and they'll rise really strongly, strongly when the news comes out. Often, because mm. that's when the little people are getting in. Yeah, well, the turnover is happening for future value, not mm. for past value, and that's where I think the distinction is. Most investors look at past rather mm. than future value, whereas the big end of town are looking at okay, the price of the stock is here. We believe in the mm. next quarter or next six months they're going to have earnings growth, blah, 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 because of our research. We've talked to the CEO. We've gone to their wherever their workplaces are. We know what they're doing. Mm. So we're going to buy now for that future growth for the share price to rise, whereas average investors wait for the good report to come out mm -hmm. and then make a decision. But the rise has yeah. generally already happened by that point or in time. Or wait for the broker to release the free report. Correct. Which is usually many months after they've actually bought it for their clients. Correct. The yeah. big clients. For their in, big clients. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like if mm. you're – if if you're a huge client of a broking house, they're going to give you the knowledge Top dollar first, service. Top dollar service before anybody else. So if you're waiting for that news, now Bubs is, is obviously put out a report. Right now it looks sick to me. Yeah. So it's going down. It looks sick to me. I wouldn't own it. Yep. Uh, All right. Next. Next question is from Steve. He's asking about Harvey Norman. So he says, why did Harvey Norman mm. go up today? It's been languishing a bit. And somebody else came in, I think, later and said, something about a broker report on it. Okay. Um, I'll see if I can find the other quote, but you can have a look at the chart. Look, I happen to like it now. It was looking like it was in a little bit of trouble there for a few weeks. This was a bit of a telltale sign. See what Dale was saying before? This big week up, the 10th, week ending 10th of January, someone pushed the, the stock up high. Um, so it had a really nice move and then has continued the run. So it's looking a lot better. It's still got a lot of resistance to get through, but I actually like Harvey Norman. Um, at the moment. So that's it. That was short and sweet. Is there anything that you wanted to, to say about it? It's gapped up. It can always come back and fill that gap, but it may not. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Pick the why it actually rose mm. quite strongly, but it does look good, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does look very, very nice. So the next one is a question from Justin on Blackmore. So oh, Justin's okay. asking, if I just go back to Justin, where are you, matey? Um, he's saying, hey, guys, keen to have your view on Blackmore's. Purchased at $82 recently and looks like it's having a nice little run up. Yeah, I actually like Blackmore's. Look, looking at the long-term picture. It does look nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's actually made a bottom. It's formed a really nice pattern. If you study the course, you'll get to know. I was talking to someone the other day about what we teach in Module 5 and you'll get to know all that as well as if you go onto the advanced course, um, there's some really strong information there that helps you work out when a stock is actually likely to have reached a bottom. So... It looks like that there's a bottom in it. It doesn't mean that it definitely is, but it's making all the right moves in terms of the 
the rise up here from December 2019. So looking really nice there at the moment on Blackmore's. So I like it. Okay, you like it. Let's go to ANN for, I think it's Citation AU. And I will okay. just give you the question. Uh, where is it? Answer what we're talking about here. Yeah, is... yeah. He's saying, I left a question on one of your prior videos. Okay, did you? I must have missed that one. Um, what are that. your thoughts on ANN, ANN and MFF? Been on the sidelines since September and all I've seen, seen them so is increasing price. So... Now, this is the first time this stock's made a new all-time high mm. for a long time mm. and stayed up. So looking at it, it in uh, March 2015 or May, it tried to get through there, through that high that was way back in the 90s, and now it's finally made it made a run through. So, you know, this could be a bit of a, the last stretch um, up. It might keep going to about 36 37 um, dollars in that in that range, but look, if you are holding the stock currently, then you'd continue to hold it and use some really good solid rules to manage your exit on it. But at the moment, um, you know, I wouldn't be buying it because I think that it's pushed on really high, um, and it could be quite volatile. It could go up another ten percent and then and then pull, have a pullback. Look at the look at the nature of the beast. That's what you have to understand here because. What it's done in the past can repeat, obviously, and each time it has a, a fall, we've seen these really big declines, even when it looks like it's really strong, 33% down in a few months. And then again here, we saw this pullback happen in the GFC, so it fell in the order of the, the market. But then some of the big ones, we saw this huge fall in 2015-16. Look at that. Um, it was just really uh, pushed, pushed low, around 50% fall. Um, in the market. So if you were going to buy this stock and you're watching it on the watch list, it would have been a good time to be looking at it after a, a decline um, because of the volatile nature of this stock. That's what I think it anyway. It looks great, doesn't it? It does look nice. So if, if, you're, if, I, if I was um, looking to buy it, a stock now, I wouldn't be picking this one necessarily because it's shot up already. Yeah, but I mean, to mm. me, it's like, what are the rules for buying it? I mean, obviously, they've been watching this stock and the other one going up. So yeah. does that tell you that they didn't have rules for buying it? Or Possibly. What? Because mm. um, it's given you some signals to buy in the past. There's oh, been a few lots, different signals yeah. in the in the past to buy. So um, to me, it's just making sure you've got rules that suit the stock. Because I know a lot of people try and put one size fits all, don't they? Mm. They go, I'll just do this on every single stock. Well, as you've seen from each chart, the personality is so different. Correct. So how can you do that? Yeah, I had a question on the, the YouTube today. Some guy's asking me about where do you put what time frame do you put your trend lines over? And it's like, well, how long is a piece of string? Mm. Because everything's in context, depending mm. on whether you're short, medium, or long-term trader. Each stock has its own personality, mm -hmm. a whole range of different variables. And so it's about some some entries and exits work on some stocks and some don't. Look, some of the guys that I've been speaking to recently, they're working through your book and mm -hmm. applying the trend lines and seeing how they go. Mm. And they'll be making good money. They would be. So let's look at the next stock. This one's for Steve, I think, and it's SYR. So I'll give you, I don't know okay. whether Steve's giving me a question. Let me have a look. Now, this is Syria Resources, I think. Uh, look at what's happened to this share. Oh, gosh. This is so interesting. People might look at this and say, yep, but when I see this, I look at a pattern. And I do, and I think yeah. it's... Um, He's asking if this is a penny dreadful. This is, this is one of those ones you could almost put up on your wall, isn't it? Mm. As, a, as an interesting example of a big pattern unfolding. 
But look, it is a penny dreadful. You're right about that. And it's just hit a bottom. It can always go lower. Never think that a stock that's fallen this much couldn't go any lower, but it always can fall to mm. the, the lowest low that it's ever traded. Remember that. Isn't it interesting? People go off. It's a 10 cent stock. It's only yeah. going to go one cent and I'll make 10%. Oh, but what about the other way? But what if it goes the other way? Most people don't think the other way. Yeah, so. so look at the weekly just mm. as an example of the of the liquidity of this share or, or you know illiquid nature of this share right now. You know, you were saying before, let's have a look at the weekly bar and see what it does in a week. Well, yeah, there was 35% in one mm. week that week. It is. It's terrible, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm. Should Too we volatile. tell them to hit the like button? Look, a lot of people would say that's great if it can do that in a week. But you and I sit here saying that that's terrible because we know that this is another one of those loaded gun type stocks that, that people try to pick up and then they end up doing their dumb. It's about consistency and that's real. It's like watching the mm. tennis, like I'll bring the tennis up, but just watching Federer. Yeah. How old's the dude? Oh, he's amazing, isn't he? You know, he's not 25. Mm. You know, and he's just so consistent. Like that and Djokovic, watching him play. I mean, obviously he won in the end, but just mm. watching him play. Amazing. So consistent. And that's what gets you the success. Mm -hmm. Not just having a spectacular win every now and again. Mm. It's, the, it's when you go down in flames that you lose all your profits. Yep. So mm -hmm. from that. But let's go on to the next one. This one is okay, from Jenny Bean. She's asking about RE. H. Oh, right. Um, and I'll give you the question now, if I can find it. There's a few different questions here. She's Reese said, Limited. Um, mm. Don't own it at the moment. It traded sideways for some time and it was looking to be moving up. Thanks for the great show as always. Look, this was such an interesting stock to watch as it was just trundling up higher and higher. More recently, though, it's hit a bit of a spot and looks really volatile. And I'm not, I'm not convinced about this pattern that's forming at the moment. It looks unusual. Generally, if you get a low mm. and a stock's going to continue to rise, you won't tend to get this sort of pattern here. So this sort of sideways move. So I'm just interested mm. to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. And this week, it's actually pulled back strongly to test whether there's buyer support. And it's it, while it has closed higher, I mean, I would think well, that... Well, it's only two days data yesterday it and is, today. Yeah. I mean, I'd be really conservative on this stock. I think but if I you're think looking at it. I think because the Dow went up today which mm. is monday their time yeah so it went up and i think a lot of the market were thinking the dow was going to fall this week yeah. early tried to preempt preempted so they yeah. pushed obviously pushed this stock down on our mm. monday then the dow opened and it went up so mm. let's push this one up so it'll be interesting to see what the dow's going to do but remember what we saw on treasury wine estate mm. how it had these mm. big moves up and down and wiped mm. out all the profit then up and down same thing mm. um you know it's it's a bit iffy isn't it yeah mm. yeah we still think the market's got a little bit further to fall. So if you want me to answer a question for you, Janine, to answer a question, you need to hit that like button. Otherwise, we're not going to answer your questions. Actually, so. I was going to say, yeah. he stole my thunder. So hit the like button now. Oh. Give me more votes, please. Just, <laughs> you've got to, I've got to beat him because I'm in control me. of the show tonight. It's got to look really good. Thanks. I know. I've been told not to give you a hard time too. Really? Oh, oh look, someone's me. looking after me out there. Yeah. So you bring up EXL for Sam. Okay. Also, somebody also mentioned that a lot of people won't sell because of capital gains tax. Oh, gosh. Um, so you can talk about that while we bring out the next stock. Yeah, look, I think that's his, it's another industry thing, isn't it? I mean, it's one of those industry myths as well. Um, you know, if you're paying tax, it means that you're making money. Isn't that a good thing? That's the first thing. And also, it means that mm. you've actually secured it and locked it in your pocket that someone else is not going to take it back from you. So, you know, mm. I, I think there's a plus there. So take the win, celebrate the win, just like Federer. Yep. 
Okay, so Sam's asking, hey guys, just want your thoughts on EXL. For the last month, been some really interesting shifts and yep. already made some profit. Just wondering if it's worth jumping back in. Thanks, guys. Okay, so EXL, um, yeah, look, you'd be taking a big risk really with this share. To, it, remember how I said before that if a stock make, it comes back to a low, so at the time when it was pulling back here in October 2019, that was the all-time low. And eventually it took it out. So stocks can always go lower. That's one of my um, you know, yeah, things Yeah, but look I at the weekly chart. Go back started. to the weekly chart for a mm. second. Thank you. You're in, you're in control. Okay. Now it's got potential double bottom okay. though. There's, go yeah. back to September last year mm -hmm. on the weekly chart. I okay. actually can't see because the lights are so bright. Yeah. So those those green bars over to the left, that's where you said it went was going through. So it, it's had three bars up in September, October in 2000. It hit its head. No, mm. I'm talking about in 2000, earlier in 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah, so you've got green bars there. Got to the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're in the wrong year. 2019, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And a lot of people might have been thinking it's going up there. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying is a lot of people go, oh, it's going up, it's going up, it's found some support. Yeah, yeah. I'll get into it, only they're catching a falling knife that we talk about and, and then it drops Yeah, so out what you're saying is people have seen the fall, think it's cheap. Yep. And then think, okay, I'm going to buy it. And then the big money comes in and says, right, thank you, guys. You've Thanks just guys. created a more stable opportunity for me to be able to offload my stock. Yep, because the volume quickly. will start to increase and then they'll start mm. selling into that volume and then eventually it'll capitulate. So yeah. is this a stock that you'd get into right now? I wouldn't. Jeez, it's um, got to jump a few hurdles, doesn't it? I'd have to get hurdles. over that one for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, mm. um, the, uh, Sam is more short term because he's just said, He's made a little bit of profits over the last month on it. But why trade this stock though? Well, Seriously? Why? Yeah. why not pick something better? Mm. Mm. You can make more money more consistently by using better stocks. That's really what we're sort yeah. of saying here. But right now, um, anything's possible. It could be going up, but it hasn't confirmed that to me um, from there. So let's next right. look at, we're looking at Anand, um, who's looking at Rio. So that's our Rio. final stock. So let me go to Anand and I'll read her one. Can you please provide your analysis on Rio, Wally, and BHP? So we've got enough time for Rio. Yeah, Rio I like long term. I mean, it's, it's mm. hit some resistance short term here. Uh, we could see this little bar on the monthly so far, it's down. Uh, however, it could be building support for the next run. And we've remember, we've got a lot of support across here from these pr prior highs. So which it proved it has support there in August 2019. So if it's going to keep going up, I think we'll see it in the next couple of months. It just looks nice, doesn't mm. it? It just looks see, really the nice. The mining stocks got hit hard because mm. of the virus. So Correct. when that turns around, this will be the big money, then an opportunity for them to try to buy mm. up the stock. But I'm not saying to just go out and buy it at any time because you want to see the stock moving up first mm. and start heading back up. We've got a gap there, so it's more than likely that it's going to come up and fill that gap in the short term. But I'd actually rather see it stay down for a couple of weeks, just hold down for a little bit. I'd rather not, not just try to shoot back up um, and pad that bottom out. So if there's any sellers still in there, they're moving out, and then the smart money will be coming back in. And you'll see that with the bars getting smaller. Yep. Um, so then I'd like to see it start hitting back up above that um, 100 and, what is it, $5 mark. Uh, once it's going back up above there, then we know it's, it's on its way again. Yep, I think, as I said, you're right. I think you know, in terms of the mining companies, they were really hard hit over a week ago. Mm. BHP and Rio were down. Fortescue was down like nine percent, I think, yeah. that week. Fortescue is well overdue mm. for a pullback though, because mm. it had been running really hard. So it's good that Fortescue's mm. come back. 
this one still hasn't even gone through its all-time high yet, as are the other big miners. So yeah. I think we've got, you know, opportunity there. We've had a lot of awesome questions, haven't we? We have. And look, some of the really good stocks to talk about tonight. Mm. Look, Very impressive. Um, are we at the end of the show? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I don't me? know. You're the controller. See, I'd like to know what time, you know, if I've got, have I got time for one more? No. Oh. You've already been told in okay. here, not like... I was ignoring it because I was having such a good time. Okay. We hope that you enjoyed tonight's show and thank you for participating. Um, Dale, if you'd like if you'd to... Liked, if you'd like you tell me what I've got to say now. If you'd like now. to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues. So please um, get more people involved following tonight's show because then Dale will know that I've helped the numbers go up. Remember to make sure that you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. And remember, we are always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And again, really hope that you've enjoyed tonight as much as we have. And as always, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Goodbye. At least I get the last word. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.